Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, today we're in uh, John chapter 5, and let's begin at verse 1. The Bible says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. After these things probably refers to uh, the last time that Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover feast. Now, what feast uh, is being talked about here in verse 1 uh, nobody knows for sure, but they, of course, the Jews had seven uh, different feasts, and we don't know which one this was. But the Bible says uh, uh, that uh, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and verse 2 says, Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now, the place here, uh, Bethesda, means uh, the house of mercy. So in your mind's eye, imagine all these people around this pool. The Bible says there were five porches, which implies they, uh, there were like uh, awnings, so to speak, that would have given shade to the people so they didn't have to lie there in the sun. And uh, every day, uh, people would bring their loved ones, their family, their friends here to this, uh, to this pool and the Bible says uh, that an angel came down and agitated the water. And uh, when someone would step into the water, uh, they would be healed, the first one that got into the water. Now, whether this was just a, uh, where this was just uh, a folktale of some kind or whether it was an actual happening, uh, we don't know for sure. I know some of the modern, uh, more modern uh, text uh, leave out this this uh, verse four completely, uh, as if it uh, was not even in the Bible. But uh, it is in our King James Bible, and uh, I believe it should be there. And uh, evidently, the Lord uh, wants us to understand that uh, that this was a situation that actually occurred. Um, and I say the Lord, well, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John wants us to know that. And uh, so in verse 5, the Bible says, excuse me, And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. So one person here, Jesus could have healed all of the people, but he did not. Now, we have to ask ourselves the question, why did he not heal all the people that were there that day? Oh, I have no idea. But I do know he came to heal this one man. And the Bible says the man had been 
this way for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, <coughs> he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now, let me point out a couple of things. First of all, Jesus knew that he had been in this condition for a long time. Uh, was this because of the uh, omniscience of Jesus and that he was all-knowing and he knew how many years uh, maybe even would have known how many uh, moments and seconds he had been there uh, because Jesus was God or it could mean that he had been informed Jesus had as to how long this man had been in this condition uh, now the thing that that stands out to me Personally, I think Jesus knew because he was God in the flesh. But Jesus asked the question, will thou be made whole? And now, why would Jesus ask that question? Doesn't it seem obvious? Uh, the man was uh, was in a bad bad state. He was uh, he was crippled. He could not help himself. And then Jesus asked him, Wilt thou be made whole? It seems to be a rhetorical question that, nor, that, that he would say, Well, yes, I want to be whole. Why did Jesus ask the question? I think he asked the question to get this man to, um, to exercise uh, his faith and to get him to... So you might say, get on the same wavelength with Jesus. So the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. So the man does not uh, uh, answer the, the question Jesus asked, will they be made whole? Uh, he just says, well, uh, when I get ready to get in the pool, somebody beats me to it. They get in there before I do, and I have no man to help me. Now, this man pictures, this impotent man pictures the unsaved person, uh, and it pictures how that we should realize that people will not come to Christ. They'll not be made whole spiritually unless we help them. We need to be that man that, that helps uh, a person get saved. Excuse me. This man says, I have no man. God uses people to help people come to Christ. That's the point. And uh, this man says, I, when the water's troubled, no one will help me. We ought to be a person, each one of us should be a person that helps others get to Christ and uh, helps them uh, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Now, Jesus responds uh, to him in the manner that uh, it's very simple. Uh, three things. Get up, take up, and walk. Take up your bed. The, the bed probably was a bedroll of some type, a sleeping mat that he had. And notice what happens. And immediately the man was made whole, which implies he believed every word Jesus said. And when Jesus said, rise, take up the bed and walk, he just did what 
the Bible said to do, what Christ said to do. That's what any lost sinner does. When you hear how to be saved, you just do what God says to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, the Philippian jailer was told by Paul and Silas. And uh, here the man is immediately healed. Uh, divine healing is not a progressive thing. It's something that in the Bible, it happened instantly. And this man is instantly healed. And uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, and uh, the same day was the Sabbath. Now, the Holy Spirit wants us to know that because that's going to be one of the problems that is going to uh, cause the critics to criticize what Jesus had done. Verse 10, the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, said unto the man, it is the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Now, there's actually no scriptural injunction in the Old Testament uh, about this. Where did this come from? Well, it came from the uh, rabbinical teachings of tradition, not the word of God, but Jewish tradition from the rabbis. And so it was a traditional thing that they were accusing him of breaking their tradition. Now, we're not saved by tradition. We're saved by the truth of God's word. And God's word had said nothing about it. So therefore, it was okay for this man to take up his, his bed on the Sabbath and be healed. Uh, but uh, these people were more concerned about tradition than they were truth. And... Uh, Jesus uh, was more concerned about truth than about this man and uh, the compassion for the man. These Jews had no compassion for him, and uh, but Jesus did. Verse uh, 11, he answered them, he that made me whole, this is the, the man that's healed speaking, the same said to me, take up thy bed and walk. Then they asked him, or then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? Who told you to do that? And he that was healed wished not or knew not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. Jesus had, uh, had healed him, and then Jesus uh, slipped away. And uh, there was evidently, the Bible says, a multitude being in that place. So Jesus just went through the crowd. Verse 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. Now, this is interesting. What was it that the man did uh, as soon as he was healed? Well, the same thing a person ought to do when they get saved. They need to go to church. And here this man uh, was found by the Lord Jesus in the temple. That was the church of that day. And uh, the Bible says, And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. So Jesus finds this man that is healed now in the temple and warns him here uh, not to commit this sin uh, that it evidently caused him to uh, be in the condition he was in prior to the healing. Uh, what is clearly implied here is that his original sickness was due to a particular sin that he 
had committed or continued to commit. Now, not all sickness is, is the result of, of a person committing a sin. Now, all sickness is the result of original sin. There would be no sickness in the world were it not for sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, uh, that brought sickness into the world and eventually death. For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for all of sin. The reason people get sick, the reason we die, is because of sin. It's not because of disease, it's because of sin. Sin brings death. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. So uh, I'm not suge suggesting here that all sickness is a result of sin that we practice, but it is a result of original sin, uh, which we all uh, are guilty of, because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him whole, which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus. Once they heard that, they began to uh, persecute, get on to Jesus. And not only that, they sought to kill him. They sought to slay him. Why? Because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Now imagine that. They were, they were seeking to kill Jesus because he had broken their tradition. He hadn't broken the Jewish law. And, uh, he hadn't broken the law of Moses. He had broken rabbinical law of tradition that had been added to the word of God, which was not the word of God. Uh, they cared little, little that this man had been uh, healed, had been in this condition 38 years, and instead of rejoicing and saying, praise God, he's not uh, sick anymore, he's not impotent anymore, now he can walk. No, no, because their hearts were evil, their hearts were hardened, and they're only concerned was that he had broken their tradition. Verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh here too, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not uh, only had broken the Sabbath, but had also had said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Uh, Here's something that, that uh, you have to understand. These people, these Jews did not believe that a man could be God. So they were angry, they were upset, and wanted to kill Jesus, not, just, not only because um, he, uh, he said that God was his father, but because he made himself equal with God. Uh, the deity of Jesus is clearly the, the problem here. They did not want to believe he was God in the flesh, but he was. And simply because he equated himself with God, that was enough for them to want to kill him. Plus, he had broken their tradition. Verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Jesus simply said, I'm just doing what my Father does. 
uh, and he continued to identify himself with God the Father. Uh, and uh, so he was in essence saying, the healing that has taken place with this man is something my father would do, and so I did it. And uh, again, equating himself equal with God. And then he says in verse 20, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. It'd be like uh, Jesus was basically saying, For the Father uh, loves the Son, and he's revealing to him everything which he himself is doing. And so you're going to see greater works than this because the Father loves the Son, and I'm the Son, and therefore the, God the Father loves me and, uh, and has showed me everything that, that he does. Verse 21, For as the Father raiseth, raiseth up the dead, in other words, here's an example of what I'm talking about, is what Jesus is saying to these Jews, For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, or makes them come alive, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Jesus is simply saying here, God the Father can raise the dead, and so can I, because I'm the Son of God the Father. That's what, in essence, he's saying. Then he says, For the Father, in verse 22, judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Now, why has Jesus, why has God the Father committed all judgments unto uh, the Son? Because God the Father is a spirit being, but God the Son is the Son of Man, is both uh, God and man. So God the Father, being a spirit being, could not uh, uh, could not identify with humanity, but God the Son could because He became a man. Uh, we have the scripture over in the uh, the book of uh, of Hebrews that explains this. Hebrews uh, chapter four and verse fifteen says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, in other words, the infirmities of human beings, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So Jesus experienced all the human uh, frailties that we have, everything that we go through, Jesus went through. He went through all the temptations that we go through. The only difference was he never sinned, and we do. And so that's the reason the, that the Father has committed judgment to the Son, because the Son can identify with all what humanity goes through. And uh, verse 23, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the, not the Son honoreth not the Father which has sent him. This is, in essence, Jesus was saying to these Jews <clears throat> that were steeped in tradition. Uh, he was saying to them, uh, when you do not honor me and you do not accept me, you're not accepting God the Father. Because God the Father honors me, you ought to honor me. But you do not honor me, therefore you are not honoring God the Father. That's what he was saying to them. And uh, 
I'm going to stop right there at verse 23. I'll pick it up in verse 24 because I want to take my time with verse 24, which is one of the great verses in the Word of God. And uh, I want to uh, uh, take some time and, and go into detail on uh, verse 24. So we'll stop at John 5, 23. And in our next session, we'll uh, look at uh, John 20, 5, 24 and probably uh, to the end of chapter 5. All right, I'll see you in our next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at Hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.